welcome back to the Midweek Debrief Season 2. I'm Jasper and I ride a black Triumph Scrambler 900. Here's how it sounds. I'm Jed and I ride a straight pipe Triumph Bonneville. Here's how it sounds. Join us each week as we catch up, discuss the latest headlines in the biking world, tackle a topic and answer your questions. We also have some exciting guest interviews lined up for this season, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Motone Customs. If you're like us and you're always looking for the next custom part for your bike, Motone has loads on offer, from headlight to taillight and everything in between. With daily worldwide dispatch, Motone are here to cater for all your custom needs. Check out what's on offer at www.motone.co.uk. Welcome back to the Midweek Debrief, Season 2, Episode 6. Jed, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Had quite a busy week. What have you been up to? Been doing quite a bit. Well, let's start at the beginning of the week. So I took a visit up to uh, Goldtop to work on something a bit special in time for the DGR. So I didn't ride up because it was soaking that morning. You know, I opened the curtains and the rain was coming down. And I was just like, oh God, here we go. I didn't feel like, you know, waterboarding myself with the wet neck tube thing. So um took the car, drove up, and I was a bit early because there wasn't much traffic. And it's from East London, it's not that far. It's up the M11. It took me about 35 minutes. So I was early. So I went to the services at Bishop Stortford and went to the Starbucks, got a coffee, and I'm sitting down. And there was a group of the uh, SEG police, the special escort group. And their bikes were all parked up next to a Range Rover. So they're obviously been doing an A to B run or something. So I thought, let me ask them a couple of questions because I thought it might be quite a good chat. That's so cool. Yeah, because I've only ever, I've never seen them um, stationary. I've always seen them flying past. Yeah. It's always so exciting when you do see them out on the road. But yeah. it's quite cool to catch them at a service station. So what did you say? So I, I went up to them and I was like, can I just ask you a couple of questions? And this big bloke, probably about six foot five, turned around and looked at me and he's like, yep. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, a bit intimidating, never mind. So I said, what do you think of your bikes? So they both, they looked at each other. There was two of them standing there. One of them was ordering the coffee still. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what do you think of the, the SEG bikes that you've been given, the BMWs? So the model of BMW is the BMW... The R1250 RS. Yes, R1250 RS. So it's like a like a sports tourer, I guess. Yeah, it's a funny looking thing, isn't it? Because it's the, um, it's the 1250 engine that they use in the GS and the yeah. RT, which is like the standard police bike. It's like the Boxer Twin that's yeah. kind of ultra reliable and yeah but it's in it's in a strange package because it's almost um i guess it is like a sports tour actually yeah 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 because yeah. it's not like a pan-european which uh which is almost what the the standard bike that's is. It, it's, yeah. it's more yeah it's, it's more nimble and yeah it's slightly less wind protection but still a fairing so they have those and they kit them out with the, the luggage obviously so they can carry all their kit so i said what do you think of those um and compared to the old bike so they used to have the honda vfr 1200 and comparatively they actually prefer the honda yeah so we we got some specs we got some performance specs for each bike so for the bmw we've got a uh, brake horsepower of 136 and a 143 newton meters of torque comparatively we've got for the vfr 1200 160 brake but only 95 newton meters of torque yeah it's interesting isn't it so those those uh those hondas they get all their power at the top end with the VTEC. 
So you really have to give it the beans to use all the power. And when you do, they fly. Yeah. And that's what they, they, these uh, SEG group were literally saying. That's why they preferred them because you could just give it the beans and just go. And he said the BMWs almost feel a bit flat, a bit boring. Mm. Um, but they did say they are due an upgrade soon because they are on 2018 bikes. So they're going to be getting the latest generation of those BMWs, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it is. They're, they're cool bikes. I mean, to be fair, it's funny because they're like the only police that can really give it the beans. Yeah. And on public roads, they, they just absolutely fly. So I said to them, I said, I've seen you racing through London a couple of times. And he was quick to stop me. No, no, no. Controlled riding. Controlled <laughs> riding. That's so funny. I think it would be a lot of fun being one of those riders. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just lawless. I mean, they just cane it along. Yeah. But one thing that we were discussing afterwards when we, we were having a coffee was, you know, it's interesting that that's the bike that they choose. I know. Because... I would have thought there'd be plenty of other bikes that would be far more exciting and almost more fit for the task. Well, like a like a speed triple maybe or something. Yeah, but then as we were discussing it, we we quite rightly realised that when you when you work out what the requirements actually are for those bikes, there aren't that many no. that could possibly fit the brief. It's like they have to have the luggage, they have to have a bit of wind protection, yeah. they have to be reliable and also fuel efficient. You know, because they can't be filling up if they're giving it the beans everywhere, they can't be filling up every time they're riding. You know, so and shaft drive. And shaft drive, exactly. Yeah. So when you when you take that into account, really the the BMW is it's the, it's the only option. Pretty much. It just ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Um so yeah, I had a good chat with them, left them on, on their way, they were loaded up and rode out. And then I carried on to Gold Top. So had a great visit there, working on a little something which will be unveiled just before DGR, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um and then came back into London and then we had a catch up over at Bar Italia. Yeah, we did. Rode over to Bar Italia and were greeted by some cyclists. Yes. With so police cyclists. I mean, so have you seen these guys before? Uh, I've seen them here and there, but not often. So I've, I've seen them around, but I've never actually been kind of sitting somewhere and they've actually pulled up. Yeah. And so basically what happened is we're sitting outside Bar Italia, middle of Soho, kind of 5 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. And there's kind of the sun's out. And these guys pull up. There's three of them on bicycles. And... They they kind of they're almost in like a triangular formation as they yeah. as they as they turn <laughs> they up. They cycle in, they stop, and they're they obviously um, come to just grab a coffee. And so two of them go in, and one guy um, holds back. It's uh, guys, I'll 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 watch the bikes. Yeah. You know, like they're like no, like, we, like, we kickstands are out. Yeah, kickstands are out. And so we're sitting there, and the bikes are right in front of us, and we can't help but notice that these things are not brand new. They're not. No. They're not smart bikes. They almost look reclaimed. And so, I think they're probably from the, the police auctions of the, the stolen goods. Yeah, the pound. Because <laughs> what what they've done is they kind of um, debadged them, really. Yeah. They, whatever brand they were, they kind of de, de, debadged them and then and then put the police stickers on. But yeah. all three bikes were completely different and looked fairly battered. They did, yeah. They'd had a hard life. They'd had a really hard life. And I would have thought like, you know, off the back of talking about the SCG where they've got the top of the line bikes yeah. and they're all specced out. It seems like a bit of an own goal to just be giving the, the cyclists um, sort of run of the mill no, secondhand exactly, bikes. Yeah. And they're obviously being told to to sort of look after them, you know, because the guy's obviously um, holding back to watch the bikes, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. going into the coffee shop. But but I don't think anyone would steal the bikes. I mean, even if they didn't have police written no, on them, they, they don't look very appealing. No. Yeah, it's quite an interesting thought that the Met have decided to put police on, on, uh, on bicycles know. you know it's just it seems strange i mean in very high um pedestrianized areas you know where it's really busy i can kind of understand it because yeah. they can weave through but then I'd, I'd expect them to be on foot so you know we 
actually when we were riding we did see someone had been stopped by one of the, the bicycles do you yeah. remember wait, so we're, we're, yeah <laughs> yes. so we're riding along the embankment and this is actually just before our coffee and there was i believe it was actually a like a, a prius it, it was, was a yeah. car that had been pulled over by a bicycle by a bicycle <laughs> And I don't quite know how they, they must have whistles or something because they don't have any sirens no, no, or, no. or any, there's no kit on the bikes. They're, they're uh, as naked as they come. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk to them because uh, no. they looked, they were very serious and, and, and busy with their, with their job. But yeah, look out for them because it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. And you could get pulled over by one. Yeah, you could, you could. <laughs> but I don't, I, you know, if I, being completely honest, I think if I was on my bike and I was being sort of shouted at by a police officer. Yeah, on a bicycle. Saying pull over, I think I'd probably just just twist the noise tube and and <laughs> you know pissed. because worst worst case scenario is that someone stops you further ahead and you just say, well, what? Wait, there's some cyclist shouting at me. Well, you know, yeah. What's the problem? No, you can't really tell. Yeah, and loads of cyclists dress up like they're police these days. Oh, I know. So last week we talked about all our ULED stuff. Yeah, it's quite a good response to that. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys wrote in and said you really enjoyed the chat and, and it's interesting to to sort of hear um, one's opinions on something sort of mildly controversial and I put a uh, story up yeah. with, I'd, I'd literally pass one of these signs. Uh, so I thought, I'll go on, I'll do a quick video and see what people think, put a poll up. Yeah. And it was an overwhelming response of people saying, hate, hate, it, it. hate yeah. it, hate it, hate it, hate it. And it just goes to show that the government, you know, they're doing all this stuff in front of our eyes. Yeah. And, people are realizing yeah and so people don't uh, want it people don't want it but they're still doing it so uh yeah that's so that, i that's food for thought yeah i came across one of these um the other day in my car and i was driving back through london and it was a road that i'd driven before and i knew it was clear so i'm driving i'm just i've got my maps on as well just to warm me traffic etc yeah driving down i see these two big planters either side of the road constricting the two lanes into one in the middle essentially with signs up saying resident permit holders only blah 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 oh, brilliant so i turn down the first street and then i go to loop around the block and i turn down the next left and i see two more planters pedestrian area only monday to friday so fine i can go in this one i went through that around the corner came out another two planters in front of me obviously blocking the other direction with the same signage so i went to pull out and there was a bus to my right and i was going to turn left and he's like going yeah go on wave me out wave me out so i'm thinking I can go through those planters that I turned around for. So I'm like, okay. So I stop driving towards him and I see a car in front of me turning around. And as he turns around, he stops next to the bus, has a chat with the bus driver and keeps going. So I do the same, follow around, park up next to the bus driver, have a chat. And he says to me, you've already been caught. I'm like, what do you mean? I didn't go through the, the planters. He's like, no, 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 the camera's up there. As soon as they see you approaching, they'll get, they'll get you. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. It just shows how much of a money-making scam this is. Wow. So you're probably awaiting a fine. So I'm awaiting a fine. We'll see if I get it or not. But I'll be very interested. If you do, then that is, that's quite something. That's criminal. Wow. Now, okay, so I was out with a very good friend of ours, uh, Will Hatlapper, who's a photographer. And we were taking a couple of shots and things. And he's also got a scrambler. He's got yep. a blue one. It's got the, I believe, the Scorpion sort of two into two exhaust. It's kind of a funny looking thing. Yeah. Anyway, so he's got some plans for his bike that I thought you'd be interested to hear about. Oh, cool. So first and first and foremost, he's switched up his his switch gear, but only on the left hand side. So he's left the right hand side switch yeah. gear, which is the uh, kill switch and the on off button. Now, on the left hand side, he's put this. He said it was sort of MotoGP inspired switch yeah, gear. Yeah, I saw the pictures, and it's quite slimline, but it is unusual yeah. for for that style of bike. But anyway, what his plan is is to go do a low level exhaust so oh, he's, he's going to ditch the high level exhaust 
and he and then so get a, a regular side panel yeah to put on the right hand side he's going to get the the tech bike parts two into one that you had really and he's gonna he's gonna have that for a little bit yeah and then he'll use the he'll he'll keep the kind of link pipes and the headers yep and then have a like a reverse end cone made by hitchcock's uh, motorcycles yeah to make it look a bit more f- kind of flat trackery oh so he's going then, for flat track well sort of flat track and then and then switch up his his uh tires oh interesting there's a there's a triumph which i don't have the photo to hand but it's kind of it cir- uh, circulates the the net and it's like it's got a green tank it's got the hide now tires it's got oh i've seen it brushed alley yeah, yeah, yeah i've yeah, seen yeah. the one it's he's going for that vibe Ah, uh, interesting. So, what do you, what do you think of that? Because also he's quite smart. Yeah, because also he wants uh, he wants to be able to have panniers and yeah. pillion comfort and all these types of things. Yeah. So I think it's in that respect, it's quite smart because the the high pipes do restrict you when carrying luggage. You're going to have panniers on the one side, and for a pillion as well, it might be uncomfortable with the heat, yeah. etc. Um, and if it's done right, it looks good. Yeah, I mean, it looks really good. Um, and his, sorry, Will, but I'm not a huge fan of the exhaust you've got at the minute it's a bit of an odd looking thing it is it's sort of uh two pipes into a shoebox and then and then back out again. and then back out again <laughs> but no it sounds like a great plan now talking about kind of switching bikes up making modifications with spring around the corner are there any modifications or changes or checks you're going to make to your bike before the riding season kicks off yeah well i've um my brake pads are getting quite thin so i've got the new brake pads ordered and it was actually yesterday. I was in the garage. I got up early and I thought, right, let's just get the fronts done because I had a busy day. So I went down, started to look at the bike, see what I've got to do first. And there's this little dust cap. It's a steel dust cap that goes over the pin that holds the front pads in. And mine's already been in and out a number of times because the bike's, you know, it's almost 20 years old. So it's a bit burred. So I've got a big, like I've, I've got a decent sized screwdriver, put a bit of oil on it to penetrate it and then trying to i just could not undo this thing i had heat on it everything and i just couldn't get it undone so couldn't do my pads unfortunately i'm gonna have to get a drill and i'm gonna have to drill it out and then order a new one really luckily it's just it's like a little plug so the actual pin inside is an allen head pin yeah true but still it's just inconvenient so do you think it was maybe cross-threaded or something i don't think it was cross-threaded i think because the the body of the caliper is aluminium and the plug is steel, what happens when it corrodes, it, it can weld itself together almost. The yeah. corrosion binds the two metals together. And I think that's what's happened. So wow. unless you've got like a really good amount of heat, like a blowtorch or something, yeah, that's just, it won't budge. So the idea is you drill it out and then... Drill it out and then get a replacement. Because yeah. what that does, it just stops dust getting in that thread for the pin to come out. Yeah. Um, but I just think something like that, they should have just made out of plastic, to be honest. A little threaded plastic bung because it will do exactly what it's supposed to do it'll stop the dust getting in but it won't weld itself to yeah. the, the aluminium caliper so anyway inconvenient but as far as getting your bikes out for spring um if you've had them away all winter there'll be a few checks you want to do obviously check all your f- uh, fluid levels um, check your brakes tire pressures because if it's been sitting all winter tires might have gone down a bit um, and then just check if everything works, I suppose. All your electronics and stuff. Because you don't know, if you, you keep your bike outside, mice might have got in your bike and had a snack. <laughs> so you just want to make sure everything works. Well said. Yeah. And are, are there any, other than the, uh, your front brake pads, are there any changes you're going to be making to the bike kind of anytime soon? Because I know that there yes. were rumours of a new exhaust. Is well, that still... that's coming soon. Okay. Coming Is soon. there any more info on that? So I'm thinking in the next couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Soon. Soon, soon. So That's really soon. Yeah. So I'll be taking the bike 
down to Inglorious. Have you booked it in? Haven't booked it in. Need to have a chat with Sam. Get it booked in. But yeah, we're going to go for the high pipes. I think it's going to look awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I've already got the straight pipes on it now, so I know how it sounds. So with the shotgun pipes. Do you think it will sound different with a different uh, setup? I think it will sound... It might sound a tiny bit different. I think mainly the fact that both the exhaust pipes will be on one side rather than one on each side. That might make a bit of difference. Yeah. But no, I think it's going to sound great. And are you going to go for slash cut, saw... Uh, what, what what style are you going for? I'm thinking for? just just straight cut. Straight cut. Yeah. Yeah. And and both finishing at the same Both point? at the same point, yeah. Yeah, I think that'll Proper look... shotgun. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll look really And then cool. take them just past the rear shock. I think they're quite long. And then if you've... Once you've done that, if you've got a pillion, will they be... So this is it. So I might have to get... Because on the Scrambler, like your bike, it's got that pillion peg extender on it. So I'm going to have to get hold of one of those. So it just pushes my right pillion peg out maybe oh, I've, I've got a, I've actually got a spare one. Oh, you've got one yeah oh happy days there we go so there we go yeah for a number one breaker yeah exactly <laughs> now there's a few things we're going to discuss today just as like mini little topics yeah and the overarching kind of topic i guess is is what they don't tell you about riding in london yeah it's a minefield yeah it is and i think you know we've been riding in london for enough time now to know that there are certain patterns that yeah. come up and and kind of gripes and things so we're going to discuss them yeah so first on the list we've got bike parking and this is something that i mean i get messaged a lot uh from people on my account and they say what's bike parking like in london surely you can park everywhere on the pavement and it's, and it's ideal and or maybe it's not and i mean how would you describe bike parking in london it's tricky because there's some places that i would consider like parkable like oh you can just rock up and just chuck like bar italia there's yellow lines on the pavement but you put your bike in front and no one bats an eyelid because I think it's become a regular place for bikes to park. But there's some places where if you did the same thing, you'd be slapped with a ticket straight away. So it's interesting. I mean, most of the time, if, for example, if we're out and about, if I'm going to meet you somewhere, I'll look for designated bike parking. Yeah. But the thing with that is you have to be careful because when you're in the city of London, they charge you for it. Yeah. So what is it? It's a pound a day or? Well, yeah, it's now one pound 30. Oh, it's ridiculous. But the, the tricky thing is it's not actually expensive, but you have to just sort of it's remembering to do it it's remembering to do it that's the issue because everywhere else in london is free yeah and it's just in the city that you have to pay for and i've done it once or twice we we met up early in the year or end of last year and um i'd completely forgotten came back to my bike and they'd just stuck a ticket i can't even remember where they stuck it no you can get done but also you, you'd think that you can park on pavements and because sometimes the pavements are really wide and you could slap it in front of a shop. Yeah. Right? And people actually used to do that back, oh, I think yeah. back in the day, like maybe 15 years ago or yeah. so. And you now can't. I mean, really, you can't. Yeah. But, but then you still see bikes parked on the pavement. So it's a, it's kind of hard to to gauge what you can and can't do, to yeah. be honest. But I think um, to be safe, chuck it in a bike bay and then just make sure if you're in the city, there'll probably be a sign right behind the, the parking saying you have to pay for it with one of those location numbers for your parking app. Yeah, no, there always, there always, there always is. But very often these bike bays are full. I they mean, are, and, yeah. and they'll be full of of kind of commuter mopeds. And, and even in the residential areas, like so in in Kensington, Chelsea, yeah. you have to be in a bay as well. Yeah, uh, you don't have to pay for them, but you do have to you be have in to a be bay. In one, yeah. And very often you'll get. Um, it's it's not necessarily people commuting in, but you've just got people storing their bikes there. Yeah. And so most bays in Kensington, Chelsea, are full just the whole time. Wow. And so what I often do, like, and this is quite a good little trick, is is more often than not, they're just those little one, two, five 
um, Vespers. Oh, so and, you just shift them over? Yeah, they're so lightweight. So you can almost just pick them up and drag them because sometimes, you know, they won't box themselves in no. enough. So they leave like little kind of 20 centimeter gaps in between all the bikes. And so I, if it's full, I'm like, I can move all of them and create a space at the Yours, end. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, as long as the as long as long the the wheels are in oh, then from fine, the white yeah. lines, you'll find the that's stand, it. it can lean over away from it. So that's a trick I often do. But these mopeds are actually quite, they're quite kind of, impractical to shift because they're all on center stands and because they're so yeah. light they kind of just like sway back and forth so you they can like, waddle. like move the front end and then as you move the back end it swings the front end back around so you oh yeah anyway um and they... most of them have been sitting there for like you see some that have been sitting oh, for a yeah. while yeah and you can tell it's just been almost abandoned yeah outside so for sure for sure or it would be these 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 city guys who once used it to commute in and then they've just left it there and because it's free there's no need to exactly keep up to it so yeah it's interesting um, now another one is bus lanes and cycle boxes. Oh. So I've got this, it's just it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I would say probably eighty percent of bus lanes you can yeah. you can ride in no problem, but every now and then you'll see one that's just buses and cycles. Oh, I know, and it catches you out because that's when that's where the cameras are. Yeah. And I've been done so many times on the bike from just boosting down a a, a, a bus, bus lane, lane and getting ticketed. Yeah. And I don't under I just I genuinely don't understand why one bus lane would allow no, bikes and why one wouldn't. Yeah, and I I genuinely think it must be down to more just catching you out, money making. Yeah, it's got to be techniques because the, the logic isn't there. No, if you're I'm allowed saying. in one, why can't you go in another? And they're all just as busy as each other. Yeah, and then some of them even have time scheduling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, most of them do. So you've got you've got the ones that you can ride in, which are all the time. Yeah. You've got the ones that you can't ride in at all. And then you've got the ones that you can ride in between certain hours of the day. Yeah, like not rush hour. So you almost have to be riding along. Oh, quick, let me just check my watch while I'm riding along. Make sure I'm in the time frame. Okay, I'm safe to go in this bus lane. It's quite a distraction. Yeah, it really is. I find myself looking out for these bus lane signs. Yeah, you do. And then you lose, you're not paying attention to the road. And the cycle boxes are another one. I mean, I think it's fair to say all bikers in London yeah. use the cycle boxes. Oh, 100%. And very often, like I, I sometimes get shouted at by cyclists, and I'll go, "You shouldn't be in the, you shouldn't be in the cycle box," or you know, or they they always know the exact terminology. Yeah. I'll be like the advanced cycle box. You know, they're, 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 they've got the it. highway code in their back pocket, and they just whip it out. And yeah, you... exactly. And you know, my point to them is always, you know, look, I, I appreciate that for cars, you know, the the, the bicycles want to be in front, so they yeah. get a chance to kind of set off before the cars are up on their tail. Yeah. But with the motorbikes... We can set off way before them. We're, we're gone by the time they've put their cleat in and they've exactly. done their first revolution. There's a lot of stretches of road in London where you can't filter unless you use the cycle lane. Like it's... Um, oh, is yeah. it Regent Street or Oxford Street, one of those? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're completely right. There's a cycle path on the left. Yeah. And on a bike, especially if it's summer or something, and it's hot and the engine's cooking you, you don't want to sit there in the heat. No. No, no, no. You want to just get to the front and keep going on your journey. And it eases congestion. Yeah, true. So now another thing that's kind of similar is speeding. Now, most of London has gone 20 miles an hour. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say with regards to motorbikes, no one does 20 miles an hour unless there's a speed camera right there. Exactly. Even scooters, delivery scooters, everyone. I would go as far as to say, I think mo the, the kind of average cruising speed of most bikes in London is probably more like 40 miles an hour. <laughs> probably is. And I don't joke when I say that because... You know, I'll often be cruising on the on on the scrambler, and scooters will just come flying, flying past. past these delivery guys, and they know that the twenty mile an hour thing's ridiculous, and 
even 30 miles an hour in some yeah. senses is, is silly. I mean, like, I understand that if it's really heavily residential or if it's a busy street, exactly, that yeah. doing more than 30 can be a bit sketchy. But sometimes when it's wide open, especially when you're following the river and you've got two lanes of traffic, yeah. and it's, it's like, come on. Well, it's like um, the highway, the stretch of road that goes from Tower Bridge through to the Limehouse Tunnel. Yeah. That's now 20. No. Yeah. That's now 20. You're joking. No, that's now 20 miles an hour. But that's like almost a mile, maybe yeah. more. And it's like, it's, two like a, it's two lanes either way. And there's cameras along there. Yeah, I've been, I've been done by those cameras. There. Yeah, there's three cameras so that's along that's now there. 20. That's 20. Wow. So the traffic's that, even worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it's it's like if you're the only if you're the only one on the road and you've got that much space wow. and it's dead straight and you've got to do 20, it's quite, it's quite tough. Painful. Yeah, yeah. It's painful. And... I used to ride that stretch of road daily on my commute. And when you get in a group of bikes riding that stretch, everyone's just going for it because the traffic's solid. So you've got to get in where you can and you've got to filter where you can. And 20 miles an hour is just unsafe to do that. Yeah. So everyone's flying. Everyone's flying. Now, speed cameras, one thing. Sound cameras. Oh, I know. Now, what's this about? Uh, So touch wood, I... I haven't come across one yet. Yeah. Um, but I've heard some stories of people who've come to London for the first time or they've come up from somewhere, blah, 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 and they're on their bike and all of a sudden they get a ticket in the post for loud exhausts. So let's say, for example, you're riding along on your on your bonnie yeah. and there is one of these sound cameras and then there is also a scooter next to you and you're riding side by side. How do they know who to give the ticket to? Well, exactly. It's awful because I think from when you get the ticket, I've heard some stories about yeah. people who've got these tickets. Yeah. And I think they give you like a warning um, and you have to send them proof that you've then changed your bike to make it compliant. Oh, I see. So if you have like an aftermarket exhaust, you have to, you know, send them a picture with the stock one, something like that. Wow. Weird. I oh, know. <laughs> now, another sort of weird quirk about living in London is that sometimes cones will just appear oh. in the middle of the road yeah and it'll be very unclear where the road works why it's there yeah but like so for a really good example of this would be so under uh hyde park corner yeah they've been there for ages those cones yeah so they've put cones that it's it's like there's a tunnel that goes underneath and there's a separate there's almost like there's two tunnels and there's one for each uh, direction of traffic and there's two lanes in each tunnel and both ways they put cones down the middle so it's only basically one lane yeah. and they've had that for almost a year now there's nothing going on in there there's nothing going on and it's now got to the point where there's been like a build-up of kind of rubbish and yeah, in the other lane in the other lane so it almost looks a bit sketchy and every time i drive every time i ride down i think let me just dash into the other lane and give it the beans but then i'm always like wary that there could be some yeah vehicle or something parked, parked in there but there never is and there never is. And every time I think, oh, I should have ridden down. Oh, I should have ridden down. Yeah, and they have these stationary cones everywhere, just dormant. No roadworks, nothing going on. There was a new example that I actually came across the other day. I was riding back from the shed. Yeah. And stretch a road that's got a bus lane and a regular lane and no dividing reservation between the other lane. And so what it was is the road was this long straight stretch and all of a sudden they decided to divert the traffic into the bus lane. But the row of cones, it, was a, it wasn't like, it was just a single row of cones in the middle of the, the, the traffic oh. lane with an arrow sign pointing left. So I approached it and you almost think like, what do they do? Because normally when they cone something off, they sort of 
filter it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With cones. But this was just a single sign with a straight line of cones behind it. It's just one line of cones. Weird. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Right, should we go on to guess the engine? Let's do it. So, I've got I'm, quite a good one. I'm very interested to see what you've got this week. Why don't you kick us off? Go on then. So, any info? Um, I, I'll give you some, you know, I'll play it for you first. Aye, see aye. what you think. Fair enough. And then we'll go from there. really interesting so it sounds like a single cylinder dirt bike it sounds a bit like that but it's not that but it's not that okay it's single cylinder it's not it's not a single cylinder it's not a single cylinder and it has an aftermarket exhaust okay hang on hang on hang on okay so it's a twin it is a twin yeah it you know actually my first thought when i heard this the star sub was i thought boxer twin yeah, you wouldn't be. Uh, Am I right? Uh, yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. So, um, so it is a boxer twin. It's not one of these police bikes, is it? <laughs> it's not one of the police bikes, but you, it's you know, you're on the right track. Okay, I'm on the right track. Well, it's a BMW uh, boxer twin. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, there's, there's, there's. Is it a GS? It's not a GS. It's not a GS. Is it a? It's an R90. It's not an R90. It's not an R90. It's and it's not an R twelve fifty RS. It's not an R twelve fifty RT. Uh, well, you wouldn't be far off with one of those. Is it the? Um... You've got your capacity right. Okay, so it's an, what? It's a twelve fifty. It's a twelve fifty. Okay, so it's an R twelve. Well, the tricky thing with the with only being able to work <laughs> on like what I can hear is that it's the same engine <laughs> the same in engine, quite a I few know. different bikes now. So you've pretty much got it. Okay, what is it? So, because it is guess the engine game, you've yeah, got true. the engine. Okay, thank you. So it's a uh, BMW R1250R. Oh, is that the naked it's bike? It's the naked bike. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. No, well done. That was good. Well, it's really good, and it's got an SC project. Oh, smart. Yeah. Right now, this is something slightly different. Go on, let's hear it. Sounds like a single. What do you think? It sounded like a single. That startup, and it's quite thumpy. Yeah. So it's a single. Yep. Japanese single. Correct. Is it something like a Suzuki um, DRZ? It's not a Suzuki. It's not a Suzuki. No. It's a Japanese single. Yamaha? No. It's not. I'm just going to reel off all that Honda. Yep. It's a Honda single. I want to say like a 400 or something. It's like quite thumpy, but it could be bigger. No. It's not. It's not quite. Not quite, yeah. Smaller, low capacity. So are we talking like a 125 or something? No. No. <laughs> Bloody hell. Four-stroke single Honda. You're going to kick yourself when you find I out. I probably will. Is. is it like a motocross bike? Sort of supermoto. Right lines. But, right lines. But I can't not. say yes to either of those. Okay. 250? CRF yeah. 250? Yeah. CRF 250? Yeah, but the rally. Oh, it's the rally. Yeah, oh, so yeah, it's yeah. your bike. Yeah, 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 it's my bike. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Sounds like I thought definitely single cylinder. Yeah. But I thought it sounded bigger initially. Well, wow. that's why I went with the four hundred. Good, good, good to hear. Well, yeah, that's happy days. Well done. Good effort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always, no, you did really well this always week. Always a good effort. Um, right. Q and A. Let's do it. 
first question we have got from Mutt Guy. So, Mutt Guy, we've got a couple of long questions this week. Yep. So, this question is, hey guys, question for the q and I've just started riding, 33 years old and never touched a bike in my life. My late granddad was super into his bikes and was always at the Isle of Man TT. My question is, what is your mindset when everyone around you starts telling you horror stories of A, B and C crashing and seriously injuring themselves or dying? I'm loving the freedom that it brings along with the escapism. So, what do you think of that? Well, I think it's a really good question. And it's something that every biker will have experienced, which is your auntie or your granny or someone yeah. saying, you know, oh, it's so My parents, were like, before I got a bike, they will should do it, you know, I've had Pete, this person, that person die. Yeah, it's um, it's one of the few hobbies that you can take on that is genuinely quite dangerous, but really just fun. Like you just jump on the bike and off you go. Because yeah. the reality is you can you can get killed every time you get on the bike. Yeah, it's true. And there are a few there are a few kind of day-to-day activities that that sort of push the odds to that limit really yeah no it's it's true and riding's riding's one of them so i mean my thoughts are i would always and this might sound quite rogue but it's just the, it's just the truth i would i would rather do what i love and die early yeah than not enjoy yourself and then not enjoy myself and no it's true because i mean i i don't know what i could do without biking now yeah i enjoy riding so much that the thought doesn't cross my mind. Yeah, I'm just enjoying myself. As soon as I get on the bike and I fire it up and I've got the engine running underneath me and the wind hitting my face, there's nothing that matches up for me. It is. It's like some people compare it to flying. Yeah. When you've got an open stretch of road and you're just cruising, it almost does feel like that. No, it does. It completely does. So I think if you really feel passionate about it, do it. Yeah. And, I mean, and- obviously consider family and stuff. And if you're worried about the safety aspect you can do a lot of things to make it safer you can wear high vis stuff and you can you know you can make yourself more visible on the road etc but um there's no better feeling yeah for me anyway now the other question we got this week that was another sort of long one but still quite interesting is from jacob austin day and he says just started the podcast really enjoying it thank you I do have a question for the Q&A. Looking for my next bike, currently daily, a 1975 Honda CB750, and I want a street scrambler. But after seeing the London Bonnie, I'm now conflicted. I love the look and stance of the Bonnie, plus the wide bars, but I love the high pipes and tyres of the scrambler. So my question to you is, do the two bikes ride differently, and do they have their own attitude and personality? It's a great question. Yep. And fair play to dailying a, uh, a CB750. Yeah. That's, re- that's a really good effort. That is a good effort. Um, I couldn't imagine trying to cold start that thing every morning. Um, I think the bikes are very different mm. in some ways and very similar in others. So for me, if you if you like the stance of the, the Bonneville, because originally when I bought my bike, I wanted to convert it into like a scrambler because I wanted to go green laning, I wanted to go to the Malay events, etc. So um, I started the process and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jack it up. I'm going to lift it to the same height as a scrambler and I was going to buy longer rear shocks and extenders for the front forks and jack the thing up. But once I started actually riding it more and I changed my tyres to knobblies, I then actually started enjoying the ride height of the Bonneville because that's the one main difference between our two bikes, isn't it? Yeah. It's the ride height. True, true. So, I mean, I've ridden your scrambler a handful of times and then compared to my Triumph, it's a completely different feeling. Yeah, it's funny that because if we had if we had a completely different bike and then our two bikes, ours would look very similar. But because yeah. they are so similar, the differences are then very much contrasted. Yeah, and 
even the fact that the engines are the same but with a different crank it exactly, gives a completely yeah. different character of the bikes yeah i would say it's a tricky one because both have both are very attractive propositions yeah. it's like you've got the scrambler with the the, the knobblies and the this that and the other and the high pipes and then and then the bonneville with which you could still put knobblies on but you know arguably more more often people will go for road tires and it's low yeah. pipes and it's lower center of gravity etc so i think you've got to you've got to fall in one camp yeah and if it comes to flipping a coin then that's what you've got to do for me for me i the one thing that i love about my bike is the low center of gravity yeah because it gives you stability off-road and you know you don't feel so top heavy so for me i just feel i've got more control over the bike on or off-road um and then as far as pipes and tires and stuff you can get high pipes for a bonneville true you can get knobbly tires for a bonneville so you can do what i've done essentially and turn a bonneville into a scrambler yeah platform yeah, but just not have advice. the ride height yeah um if you're thinking that you're going to be doing some serious off-roading on the bike um and you need the extra ground clearance or you feel more comfortable on a taller bike then go for the scrambler yeah and you get the high pipe already it's not something you have to pay extra for um but yeah they're both similar and very different so yeah. you almost need to try both i think yeah definitely see what you what you feel but cool. yeah that's a great question well that's been it that wraps it up that does indeed see you next week see you next week cheers Bye.